Welcome back to another episode of the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner and Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro, Evan Preparis. I got two Strength and Speed athletes with me on the line. And then on top of that, they are race owners. So quite a mix of uh, ops, of course, racing professionals on the show today. Before we get to them, though, a quick word from this episode's sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Volition Chiropractic. If you're not familiar with Volition, a uh, chiropractor in Kansas City, run by Alexis Buford. She's an obstacle course racer herself, so she knows what's, you know, what you need. So I was pretty cool. I've gone to her a couple times to help with some adjustments and some tightness in my upper back and my neck. And she did a great job again, because she like, I don't have to go in there and explain what obstacle course racing is because she's an athlete herself and she knows uh, also a ninja competitor, a great person. If you're going to be in Kansas city area, swing by and hit up volition. You can make the appointments online, super easy to do. And uh, you can just squeeze right into her schedule and she'll, she'll see you. Good stuff. She got some, uh, you know, massage guns in there to help her out and some Norma tech compression boots and stuff like that. In addition to being kind of an expert and she's certified in KT tape or rock tape. So check out Volition Chiropractic and support our, our OCR athletes that are also business owners. Speaking of which, I have two on the line. We got our beer drinking ultra runner, Gary Shaw, and the uh, CEO of Last Man. No, wait. Leaky Hourglass Ultra. I almost messed it up there. Leaky Hourglass Ultra. Gary, welcome back. Thanks for having me, Evan. Also a strength and speed athlete, Gary is. And then on top of that, we have William Shell, former pro uh, track and field athlete, and uh, was third at U.S. Nationals and was the 800 wheel. Is that what you said? Uh, 300. 300 meter. So short distance guy, super fast, had, was sponsored by Brooks at one point, transitioned into OCR, has been plugging away at it for a couple of years and in 2021 no 2022 i'm getting my years confused just started mythic race and say the name of the city because i always mess it up benton missouri benton i always want to say benson benton missouri so it's out uh east uh or south of um whatchamacallit st louis is that right yeah about two hours south right on so we're going to be talking a little bit about mythic race we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, leaky hourglass ultra we're also going to be talking about some of their backgrounds. I'm going to start off with Gary's, some of Gary's accomplishments. So Gary, we've had you on the podcast before, but we didn't talk about a very questionable endeavor you did. Uh, we talked about it on a Facebook Live video, but I, I know not all of our listeners watched that Facebook Live video after you did it. So would you mind explaining to people the 24 or 24 cubed, uh, exactly, exactly what that is. And not that I'm encouraging people to do it, but because I know you already, uh, I will I will let you explain it on the podcast. Yes, definitely uh, don't do that. Uh, so the 24 cubes, also known as the 24 by 24 by 24, um, all that is is a participant runs 24 miles and drinks 24 beers and they have 24 hours to do it in. Whenever I first did it, um, and you had me on the podcast, as far as we could find documentation, it was a very short-lived world record. I beat the record of 13 and a half hours, and I think I did it in like nine, I can't even remember now, it was just under 9.30. And then about a week and a half later, um, a gentleman from Arizona beat it by an hour. And then uh, one of my really good friends slash arch nemesis, 
uh, from Oklahoma, Bobby Lyons beat it by another hour. So the record's now sitting around seven and a half hours for 24 miles and 24 beers. And I have no intentions of trying to reclaim that throne. Um, I was just happy to hold it. It That is literally insane. I was legitimately very concerned you were going to go to the hospital. And then when other people started going after it, I was like, someone's going to die um, doing this. So again, because I know you already and because you already had you on, on the podcast, I brought you on, but I do not encourage people to do this at home. And the, the video, the live videos of you that uh, Nicole was taking were hysterical, by the way. I've, I've watched some of, I've been able to bring myself to watch some of them. I still haven't seen all of them. So obviously, so what was your technique? Um, just out of curiosity, because so you're do, you're doing the beers and the running. You know, are you front loading the running? Are you front loading the beers, or kind of just splitting them up? Evenly? I was trying to kind of match to start off with, and then obviously, you know, as alcohol tends to do to people, you know, uh, my plans kind of went out the window. But originally, I was trying to do like two miles and then do a beer. Like I was gonna do, I was gonna kind of front load the mileage a little bit and kind of stand back on the beer but the further I got into it and like people like a lot of people came out to support me and uh, run with me and have a beer with me to see or just to say that you know they were there and saw that idiot Um, so you know as more people showed up you know I kind of chilled out a little bit more and started drinking more and running less and it eventually caught up to me, but the original plan was to kind of almost go two for one. Yeah. My favorite. So on one of the last videos, I guess you took a spill and then, uh, Nicole was like, yeah, we're not going to let him run on the road anymore. We're lucky he finished the, the mileage. Cause I'm, I'm legitimately concerned about him like falling into the road and getting run over by a car at this point. Yeah. I took a nice little digger. Uh, actually I think within the last, mile and a quarter it was literally like a block from uh from the house and i think i had to do one more lap after that if oh I my goodness that. so terrible so again if you, if someone else has a better record don't tell me because we're not bringing you on the podcast i don't want to encourage this behavior uh but again since i know gary and we had other stuff to talk about figured i would share some of that insane event he did on top of that i know you're you're busy running i feel like you're running a hundred miler like every couple of weekends what is your what's your goals here related to the ultra running world so i am trying to do a 100 miler in all 50 states um and i'm trying to do it by the time i'm 45 so i've got i just turned 38 so uh, i've got seven years to knock out another 30 uh another 34 states i'm currently sitting at 16 uh but uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, um, hoping to knock out Washington State at the uh, Yeti 100 endurance run. All right. Sounds good. So at the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Will, who's used to be a professional 300-meter runner. So um, tell us a little bit about kind of that world, Will, because um, I, I, you know, I've I don't know much about the track world because I think most most people do track in high school and maybe if they're good in college. And then that's kind of where, where most people kind of peter out. So uh, tell us a little bit about that world. Well, the sprint world's a lot shorter, a lot less painful <laughs> than 100-mile stuff that Gary's doing. 
But um, uh, it's kind of a small world. If you want to go beyond college, you got to be like Olympic medal contention to or to make a living off it. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, wasn't there, so I had to grow up and get a real job. Yeah. So how long did you try the uh, professional route or semi whatever we're calling it, right, where you're, um, you got a sponsor and you're kind of out there competing? Uh, just two years while I was in PT school. Kind of stuck with the Southwest Baptist track team where I was at, kind of trained with them and tried to, tried to make it, but ran out of time. Yeah, no, that's good. So you used you used another like a, a college track program to kind of train with. That's correct. Yeah, that's where my undergrad was at. So I stuck with my coach. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense because I mean, I feel like running those paces is very hard unless you have other people kind of pushing you and and pacing off of. Yes. Cool. So how did you end up getting connected with Brooks? Is that something you reached out or they reached out to you? I reached out to them. They were the only ones who responded to me. Nice. Yeah, I looked, I've said that on the podcast a dozen times. Like, sponsorship is largely a numbers game. Like, you got to ask. Uh, otherwise, companies don't necessarily know that you want to work with them. So, yeah, uh, got it right on. And then tell me about the transition. Like, at one point, we were like, all right, I've had enough road running or track running, and I want to I give, sh- give a shot at OCR. Uh, so, um, after outdoor club nationals, my second year at PT school, I had a couple of classmates who wanted to do the rugged maniac up in Kansas city. And for a while I was kind of looking at OCR as my next, um, sporting outlet. I knew about Spartan. That was about it. Um, we volunteered up there and then we ran and got hooked from there. Yeah. And I, I've mentioned your name on the podcast. I don't know, half a dozen times at least before, um, not related to mythic mm-hmm. race, but just on the, you know, the progress you've made. Cause we, we we went to OCR World Championships together back in, what was it, 2018, 17? That's second Canada year, 18, I think. Yeah, 18. And um, tell me about, like, the, you know, your first experience versus compared to, like, your your latest experience at OCR World Championships. Uh, first time was awful. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't ready for the mound or the obstacles. I think on the – I think I actually failed out time-wise when they're doing time penalties on the 15K. I felt like every – real obstacle yeah and then how did that the last one go uh, uh this uh 2021 was all three bands so, yeah it's yeah. so a huge imp- huge improvement um you have i you're like out of all the guys on the team you're one of my favorite people to follow just because like every time you come back it's just a little bit better a little bit better a little bit better so what advice do you have for people who maybe lost their bands at, at previous world championships or went to battle the lions or indian mud run lost a band um you know, what advice do you have for those, those people? Uh, this um, slow consistency over time. And um, if you can be specific, um, do that. Like you always kind of preach about like getting the ninja holds for your pulley system at the gym, that specific grip shape is really important. Yeah. Good stuff. And if you, if Will's name also sounds familiar for OCR America day seven, we were at his property um, and he set up, he went out of his way and set up an obstacle course essentially just for us. Um, which was huge and it really helped because we physically were going to run at a time if we had to continue making the drive. So a uh, huge shout out for Will. And he's also been a huge supporter of all the, uh, the charity fundraisers. So your, your name's always up there. Um, I, know, I know you don't do it for the recognition, but you're always one of the biggest donors hands down um, for all my fundraisers. So a personal thank you and a thank you from Folds of Honor uh, for that. Yeah, definitely. Gary, Let's talk, uh, actually, let's talk about Mythic Race first. So Will set up Mythic Race. Um, Gary, you were one of the athletes that went out and uh, 
I, I'd like to get to some of the athletes' perspective before we jump into a little bit about Will's Will side of, as a business owner. But tell us a little bit about Mythic Race and how your experience w- went during the during the endurance portion of their event. Uh, it was a blast. Um, the obstacles were just that like happy, that happy medium for me. Like, I mean, you can kind of look at my build. Like, I'm. I'm an ultra runner. <laughs> it's kind of like you can look at me and kind of tell. Um, I don't take the obstacle racing as seriously as I used to. It's more kind of a fun thing. And Will's obstacles were just the perfect difficulty to where um, I could, they were difficult, but I could do them. And that first lap, like the sprint lap, because of how he uh, formatted it, with the just the 5k and then the endurance wave still wanted to have that good uh fast first lap and get all the obstacles keep my band but then as the day wore on um the obstacles they they got harder uh um stairway uh his version of stairway became a problem uh, later in the day, which I really liked because of how he actually switched the grips up between uh, like the flat, just tread board and then kind of like a monkey bar hold. So you just had the bar and then you had the flat board bar flat and how that was set up was really interesting. Um, and thankfully, uh, so he had a version of Gibbons there but it wasn't a really long version. So I was able to uh, kind of, kind of BS my way through that <laughs> legally. Like, uh, um, and like the ops, I loved the obstacles. It was a good fun race. I thought it was, um, you know, I thought it was very beginner friendly if uh, like somebody knew coming out to that, but it was also like, uh, me, uh, John Taylor, who I train with, he actually uh, took first in the uh, endurance wave, uh, the owner of Republic Warrior Sports. Um, and then uh, Jason, Rulo, Jason Rulo was out there. He took second, and it was just kind of a fun back and forth the entire race. Nice. So, yeah, we, we mentioned some of the obstacles. So, Will, uh, take me through your decision to one – so let's start off with taking with your decision to like, I'm a racer. I'm now going to start my own brand. So it's kind of something I've been wanting to do almost since the beginning. So I knew kind of sparring and rugged maniac at first. And then I went to conquer the gauntlet down at little rock. And it was the first time I saw like homemade obstacles and it was just a good races. Anything was big, you know, name brands put on. So it kind of gave me the idea and, Mostly kind of waiting with student loans. They got frozen, so I was actually able to save some money for it. And then I planned it all out in 2020, built it in 21, and had this spring. And there's no races around me, so I kind of wanted to have something for my local community to kind of experience the fun of OCR. Awesome. Yeah, it, I, was, uh, I was so upset that I couldn't make it this year. It fell on the same weekend as Infinite Hero Honor Challenge, which I'm the single point of success slash failure for that event. So I, I had to go to that. Um, hoping that it does not line up that way in 2023. So what's your what's the date for 2023's Myth Brace? Um, so Friday the 21st, we have a team relay event in the evening, and then the main event's on April 22nd, the 5K and 5-hour. Ah, oh, two-day event. I love it. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm praying I don't get – I don't have a conflict this year. But, yeah, 
Super excited. Team event, is that going to be um, similar to OCRWC format where it's like a relay or is for- similar to Conquer the Gauntlet format, which is like all four people and it's like kind of a little more fun-based? Uh, Three-person relay on the 5K course. Yeah, the OCRWC-like. Cool. Yeah. Gotcha. And tell me about some of the obstacles you had. Like how, how did you end up coming up with them? And uh, kind of what was your methodology behind creating the course? Uh, just of all methodology was to kind of find the right balance between, you know, tentacle and your carries and then the simple stuff like the walls, crawls and that kind of thing. Um, some of our more unique obstacles are Z walls, definitely kind of different. Instead of handholds, we use eye bolts and you had to use the skitch hooks to get across. Ah, cool. And the middle was kind of, a, so we had a, a wall of eye bolts, a actual skitch section, which will be longer next year because it was too short and then another wall. Um, we did a obstacle. Um, Aaron said it was similar to tip of the spear from Battle Frog, kind of the slanted boards you put your feet on. It's different handholds across that. Oh, nice. Yep. Um, our rig is going to be completely different um, this year. It's going to be a lot harder, but it's just kind of your basic rig with probably every kind of hold you can imagine, but we're going to shape, um, change it up a little bit. Uh, we had Dragon's Back, which will be different. Look, Gaff is supposed to be there, but it didn't fit on the U-Haul. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, a long uh, archery target instead of a spear, something a little different there. Yeah. And our double stairway. So, so I, love, I love that you brought in, um, you know, you took inspiration for some other races and you kind of gave them your own twist. And then in addition to having some like the classic center, that's, that's really awesome. I also love that, you know, people, especially in the Midwest, because we don't have the population density is not there. People always be like, oh, bring a, bring a race to this location, bring a race to this location. And you're like, I want a race near my house. I'm putting one on. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> so I love, I love the, you know, taking initiative there. Any advice you have, let's say there's another person that wants to put on at their own local event. Uh, any advice you have for them? Uh, it's probably about 10 times more work than you think it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate the, administration and the build side uh, that build week about killed me there's a lot more work than i was expecting to be and just having to plan out the obstacles getting your materials it's actually a lot more work even design this a simple light foot walls a lot more um, details than you think i probably redesigned it about four or five times just to get the cost down and plan your course out you know people like to complain that there's you know hold one mile with no obstacles and it's because you can't get them back there right Not a lot of work. So there's a lot that goes into more than just dreaming up obstacles and building them. Yeah. 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 I mean, you got to experience it firsthand. I, I, I give you a lot of credit. Uh, let's jump over to Gary. Tell us a little bit about your uniquely formatted event. So leaky hourglass ultra is pretty much a traditional uh, last man standing style race. Kind of like uh, the big one, you know, the Holy grail of, uh, backyard ultras would be uh, Big's Backyard Ultra um, that Laz puts on. So similar in format and the fact that uh, it's a lap format, a 4.167 mile lap. And in a traditional format, you have an hour to do that lap. Uh, every hour you line back up and start new and then you go until only one person can finish a lap. Um, 
I've always liked this concept. I've ran a few of these races before. Um, normally I'll call it at a hundred miles. Um, just seems like a nice round number. Uh, but I always kind of wanted to host one, but I wanted to do something different. And I also didn't want to risk uh, being out there for three days. <laughs> some of these endurance runners are just on a completely different level. I've got, I've got like family and work obligations. I can't be out there for three days. So what I did was uh, every lap – they lose a minute from the cutoff. So they start off with that standard 60 minute cutoff, just like a normal one. But the second lap, they only get 59 minutes to run it pit, you know? So that includes like, if they've got to use the bathroom, they need to refuel, they need to change clothes, whatever it is they've got to do has to be done. And they've got to be back on that line and ready to start again. So, and then that third lap, They've only got 58 minutes and it just keeps diminishing. So last year was the first year of the race. We, uh, we had, uh, see, I think we had 26 people sign up last year. Uh, seven, only, yeah, seven DNSs. So only 19 people actually started, but, uh, so the winner, Robert Bruns, ended up doing 20 laps. Uh, so he ended up with 83 miles and change. Mm. But his last lap, he had to maintain, I think it's like a sub 950 pace after having already ran like 79 miles. Yeah, that's rough. So the 4.167 or whatever it was, is, is that from Laz or is that something that uh, you kind of picked as the number? No, so that's uh, all like backyard ultras or those like last man standing events uh, like that. Well, not all last man standings because they do have some one mile loop courses that just have some crazy gain as well. Um, but the 4.167, the reason they uh, did that was over uh, – 24 laps or 24 hours that equates to a hundred miles. Oh, so that equates, that equates to a hundred miles in 24 hours. Ah, I've always wondered where the number came from. You learn something yeah, every day. So, so that equates out to a 14 minute and 24 second average pace, which gives you a sub 24 or a 24 hour 100. Gotcha. And I believe Jenny Overstreet from Mudgear Battle Lines won for the females. Is that correct? Uh, yes. She, uh, she was the last female out there, actually finished fifth overall with uh, 37 and a half miles. Nice. I and think she's, uh, I don't think uh, she's running this year, but I do think she's going to be coming back out um, to uh, volunteer, unless I can con her into running it again. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about um, the finisher prizes for this year and also when the event is, obviously. So the event is August 27th because I'm, I love hot weather. Um, I'm just, you know, I'm going to complain about the weather either way, but I'd way rather complain about it being too hot. So I'm going to have my race the last weekend of August. And so the course itself is, like I said, it's like 2.08 miles out 
and then 2.08 back on a rural chip and seal highway. It's literally like, instead of calling it a backyard ultra, I like to call it a front yard ultra. It Mm. is literally at my house. That's amazing. I have camping uh, the night before the race and the night of the race uh, is included with registration. Um, But so prizes uh, last year, they're going to be similar. Like they'll always be kind of similar, but they'll, or they'll always be like the same concept, but I'll change them up every year. Uh, The prizes that I've done have been, for the Survivor, last year we did a uh, custom-made hourglass um, with a plaque on it. And then we actually did... Uh, and when you say Survivor, you mean the winner, yes? Yes. Yeah, yeah the la- last person standing, last man standing, Survivor, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the winner uh, got a custom hourglass as well as $5 a lap. Hmm. Um, and free entry to uh, this year's race. So I've always been a firm believer that the uh, winner of a race should uh, get invited back to defend their title. So uh, any winner of any race that I'll hold will always get free entry to come back and uh, either keep or lose their crown. So, and then second place, we actually, I did something that I thought was kind of fun with that. We did a, uh, because close only cuts and horse, horseshoes and hand grenades. I actually built a uh, custom horseshoe and hand grenade plaque for a uh, cool. second place and gave him half price off um, this year's race. Unsure if he's going to be able to make it, but I know Robert, like I said, the winner, he's back and we've got a good looking field so far. Uh, and what's the what's the finisher flasks or yes. DNS flasks instead of metals? Because you know, in keeping with the uh, the theme of me, uh, everything's got to have something to do with alcohol. Uh, so this year, actually, everybody that races will get it's a uh, custom leaky hourglass ultra um, finisher flask with two shot glasses and we've also got some cool stuff for sale and some cool stuff in just the uh swag bags uh this year kind of trying to change it up a little bit because i know as a racer i have so many of the exact same thing from different races yes that i try and change it up a little bit and like with this year's so i did hacky sacks <laughs> people don't like i don't think like hacky sacks are one of those things that just kind of disappeared and they i don't did. know why they are such it is such a great workout like it, it's great cardio it's great for like your eye like foot and eye coordination and stuff it's a wonderful thing so and you know i'm just retro like that um everything was better like in the 90s so Indeed. I brought back hacky sacks. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we'll we'll try to post a picture with this podcast of the uh, leaky hourglass uh, flasks. They're super nice. Where can people find uh, one? Find information about your uh, race and register for it. So uh, we're on Ultra Sign Up. Uh, just look up. I mean, you can Google leaky hourglass ultra or go to Ultra Sign Up and put it in the. Uh, 
little uh, query box up there and yeah. just search for it, but it'll pop up if you just Google it. Um, yeah, just sign up through Leaky Hourglass Ultra. We also, we don't have an actual website. I haven't quite gotten that fancy, uh, but we do have a Facebook that we uh, post on occasionally. Uh, actually, also here, the 23rd of this month will be the last preview run for anybody that's interested in just getting out there and seeing what the course is like, um, getting a feel for the elevation and everything, because it is an exposed course. It's not very well shaded at all. No, that's what Jenny was saying. And it's too, and the gain really creeps up on you. It's 250 feet of gain per loop. Yeah. Okay. It's not too bad the first couple laps, but about five laps into it, you start to wish you'd make better life choices. <laughs> As... I'm doing a horrible job of selling my race right now, but you know what? It's not for everybody. I know that. That's, but I mean, that's the point of ultras. Like, no, environment. there's very few people who are like, I want a nice, easy ultra. Like, in, if it's your first one, some people say that, but if it's not your first one, people are like, I want something that's going to give me a memorable experience. And memorable usually means awful. Um, so. Well, I, I guarantee that. I guarantee <laughs> memorable and awful. So let's jump back over to Will. I know, because um, I, think, I think I connected you to the guy who does my medals. Uh, tell me about some of your, your medals and prizes for uh, Will for Mythic Race. Well, we did um, typical finisher medals for the 5K. We did um, belt buckles this year for the five-hour. We'll do the same thing next year. Love it. So, the winners got this um, custom champion flag, kind of like a medieval banner for the, the winners of the 5K and the five-hour. Yeah, I, I love that. I thought I think that's super cool. Just another, um, again, something something unique to hang either on display on your trophy shelf for the belt buckles or the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the banner, which I've, I've got a spot reserved on my wall for that. Just, just I, wanted, I wanted that banner so <laughs> bad. I just, I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> Always so, next year. So, Will, how did you come up with the uh, one? Let's plug before I forget your website or your uh, your Facebook and how people can sign up and when the event is. Um, so we're on a run sign up. You just Google Mythic Race um, 2023. We'll get you there. Um, actually, right now, we also have a virtual 5K and 5-hour on our 2022 page. It's benefiting Lionheart's Fitness out in think, Chattanooga area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love them. Yeah, so we're Rachel, them out a little bit. Mudgear Battle Lines Pro Rachel Waters does a lot of work with them. And I've written a couple I've written an article for Lionhearts. So great program to get the youth moving. Uh, how much is the virtual one? I should sign up for that. I think it's 35. And you get a you get a belt buckle or with that, yeah. or what's the So you get the the finisher medal for the 5K. If you do a five hour, you get the belt buckle. Boom. Guess what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> So, anyway, you just submit a uh, GPS track or a screenshot. What do I do? Yeah, just a screenshot. It'll be fine. Okay, good stuff. All right, I'm going to sign up as soon as this uh, podcast ends. Good stuff. Okay, and then uh, your mythic. So, how did you come up with the, you know, a lot of people, they, they always look for, like, warrior-related, um, you know, I feel like OCR has, like, a very warrior-related theme uh i feel like leaky hourglass is pretty obvious how you came up with the name because the time is getting shorter per lap how do you how and why did you come up with the mythic race name and then go with like the dragon logo 
Um, you know, I really don't know. <laughs> it kind of came to me. Um, okay. A couple of different names and then kind of stuck with sign short, something different. And that's what I went with. Right on. Well, it's a cool logo. Again, we'll, uh, we'll try to post some pictures up on the, uh, when we post a podcast link uh, for people to, to check out. Uh, Will, what else do you have coming up in 2022 for like you personally? Uh, I got uh, Savage Chicago next, and then um, two Tough Mutters, uh, Infinite and the Toughest in August, World in uh, September, Highlander Assault in October, and then World's Toughest in November. Yes, I'm so excited. It's yes. going to be awful. <laughs> I, can't wait. I can't wait to see you out there. You're going you're gonna to raise my spirits every time I see you. You're- I'll be laying on the ground, but <laughs> I'll be out there. Yeah. Will you're you're fairly animated. You're a very stoic person normally. Um, I, I'm getting a I'm getting a little more energy out of you this than we normally do. But I, I'm excited yeah. to see you out at World's Toughest. It's going to be fun. Yeah, gotta get that 50 miles. Yeah, you'll get it. Just keep moving. That's what I tell everyone. Okay. As long as you, as long as you keep moving, uh, you should be fine. Gary, what do you got coming up? Uh, let's see, Yeti uh, 100 next week. Um, then. Uh, so Rhode Island actually doesn't have a 100 mile race, but they have a 24 hour. So if I can do a sub 24, 100 there, I can count it Yep. in August. Then September will be my Western States qualifier there in, uh, Michigan doing the hallucination 100. Uh, I've also got conquer the gauntlet and the, uh, conquer the gauntlet team race, uh in Tulsa and finally pulled the trigger and doing the 3k and 15k this will be my first uh OCRWC I did the enduro a few years ago in uh Australia but this will be my first short course I actually qualified at Will's race um for the pro division so I figured uh I'll go ahead and at least try it once and then uh in November I've got uh, Cowboy 200. Oof. Hopefully my last 200 miler. I got tricked into doing that one. <laughs> Sounds like a good story. On top of that, you, you mentioned it offhand, but Will, Mythic Race is an OCRWC qualifier. So for those of you who are looking to qualify for the world championship, good, good event to go to. There's not as many in the Midwest. So uh, good opportunity there for those who are looking to either qualify for pro. I'm not sure. Are they doing age group qualification this year? Anyone know? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. Okay, good to know. But uh, for next year, you know, they basically once the numbers get back up, the age group qualification standard will come back. I can essentially guarantee that. So we talked a little bit more about Gary's race and how it is hot and awful and in the sun. Uh, will, how's the terrain slash shade in your race? Is it similarly, or uh, we got a little bit of shade and some some mix up of technical terrain there. Um, we probably got about three quarters to a mile back on the ATV trails. It's shaded. But it's a little bit cooler also in April. Gotcha. Good to know. All right, we're going to start wrapping things up. Um, let's, since we got two people on the podcast, and we haven't done, I feel like I haven't done this in a while, let's do, uh, tell us something people would be surprised to know about you. So we'll, uh, anyone want to go first? Gary, <laughs> we'll, we'll go over to you first. Uh, something that people might not know about me. Um, I have an associate's degree in fire science. 
Um, I am my my day job is that I'm a firefighter. A lot of people know that, but a lot of people don't. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know you could have a associates in fire science. That's interesting. So what is it? It just it just talks about like essentially how fire spreads and uh yeah that's uh so investigation um inspection um and then yes like fire spread growth patterns things like that um suppression techniques um even extending into like a like juvenile fire setter um intervention gotcha so give me any your opinion on the movie backdraft Oh uh, yeah, man! You're yeah, you're you're gonna get me lynched. Uh, so great movie, um, great movie. Uh, a lot of inaccuracies and over dramatization of things, but yeah. overall, I mean, it's a good movie. It's a classic, and uh, you know, it's. It was a different fire service back then as well. Um, okay. Everything, everything's kind of changed over the years. Like a lot of that stuff that was even kind of uh, realistic then is no longer realistic. Oh, interesting. Uh, same question, but for the movie On Deadly Ground, starring the one and only Steven Seagal, Master of Aikido. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember which one that was that's the one where i think he's in alaska and he puts out fires by essentially blowing things up so he blows up and sucks the oxygen out of it and all the fires go out oil fires Um, i think i do remember that one i'm gonna go it's a steven seagal movie which and i love steven seagal (laughs) um probably second only Mm -hmm. to uh van damme to me Mm -hmm. uh but love steven seagal but all of his movies are complete over exaggerations of anything yeah that's fair that's what makes them so good though that is that is so classic classic steven seagal there on deadly ground uh i think i saw it in theater i want to say i saw it in theaters with my dad um in pennsylvania i have for some reason i have a very specific memory of that and i can't tell you anything else besides that the first scene is like he blows up a oil refinery or something and the fire goes out and i was very confused as a small child I wasn't that small. It's probably, you know, 13 or something. Who knows? Anyway, Will, over to you. Any, uh, tell us something people would be surprised to know. Okay, so I'll give you a two for one. So me and my twin sister are both black belts in karate. Oh, that is a two for one. I had no idea you had a twin. Yep. Oh. She hates, she hates running, though. Say again? She hates running. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Good stuff. Um, yeah, I've, I, let's see. Uh, people are already, I've already talked about my martial arts a whole bunch. The, uh, I, have an, oh, I have an older sister, and if you read my bio, you know that she, growing up, she was the athlete, not me. Um, so that's kind of, um, she's still in pretty good shape, but uh, that's definitely, you know, when, when we were mapping out career and life progression as uh, high schoolers, you would, you, you would, it would have been a bad bet to put money on me as the athlete and not her. I'll just say that. So cool. Uh, well, we're going to start again, start kind of closing things up. Let's see. You got a lot of information to put out one. Um, sorry. The OCR Everest documentary is up. It is on 
uh, Strength and Speed YouTube page. So please go subscribe to Strength and Speed YouTube page. We're trying to make like a big push over that over the next two years. And um, I really need some subscribers to kind of get some momentum there. The documentary is 10 minutes long, shot by Bobby Ross, edited, produced all by him in a single, essentially in a couple days while he was also pacing me. So it's pretty, pretty insane project that he pulled off. So please go check that out. Subscribe to Strength and Speed YouTube. We also started a Patreon page for Strength and Speed. So I think it's patreon.com slash man. And the idea is we're going to use the Patreon funds to fund future video projects because me and Bobby have some pretty cool ideas we really want to put into effect. But again, all that stuff needs funding to kind of to kind of cover some of the costs there. So um, please head over and you want to throw a couple bucks our way. That would be great. And uh, there's some perks, uh, you know, name shout out on podcasts. We'll get you some early access information. We'll do some kind of uh, Patreon only Q&A sessions. Um, uh, live feed stuff like that and then also like i'll actually physically send you some products so um you know there's point point breaks where you essentially will get some free blood mitts or some free books and stuff like that uh, my latest book on endurance also available on teamstrengthspeed.com you go check that out and use lessons learned from the strength and speed podcast to create that book ocr buddy has a whole bunch of articles there's the ocr everest gear choices so it highlights what i use for ocr everest there's the ocr everest lessons learned so kind of some, some important things that you can take um, and use for your own training, specifically for like hill climbing, especially if you're going like Stratton for OCR World Championships. There's also an article on there about on endurance the book. And then there's finally, there's a brace review for Bonefrog, New Jersey, uh, which I wanted to talk about real quick. Um, so Will or Gary, have you ever done a Bonefrog before? I did on Talladega last year. Uh, that was supposed to be uh, one of their good venues. Gary, you ever do one? Uh, never done a Bonefrog. Will, which, uh, which distance did you end up doing? Uh, Golden Trident. Uh, nice. Uh, what were your, give me some of your thoughts on what, what Bonefrog was like. Uh, it was good. The, there were too many stairs at the stadium, but their obstacles were nice. They had a lot of uh, several challenging things. Uh, with the nature of the venue, though, they had to kind of put them in clusters, so I kind of like my races more spread out. That's mm. the only downside, but they were good obstacles. Yeah, so, you know, the, the New Jersey one, if you, uh, one, if you want to know more, a little, a little more about it, you can head over and listen to uh, Obstacle Running Adventures with Mike Stefano. He did an on-site interview with uh, essentially the Bonefrog owner and the staff and stuff like that. And then also Amin Dib from Hannibal Race was there, which was pretty cool. So he, he's on the podcast also. But from what I'm tracking, you know, they, they shut down for 2022 and they're looking at 2023. So it might come back and as a normal OCR, it might come back, but in like a trail race format. Or they might, uh, they might just kind of close up shop. So they're just kind of seeing how the uh, economy does and how uh, business plays out over the next couple months. And then they'll make a reassessment. So I, I went to the final, which was supposed to be the final one, question mark, in New Jersey. And I was a little bit worried they were just going to phone it in, right? They were just going to be like, uh, here's, some, here's a sandbag carry. Here's some, a couple of walls and like whatever. And I was like, oh, the big obstacles will probably be missing. And honestly, they did a, they did a great job. There was uh, all the normal obstacles there, you know, the chopper, get to the chopper one, the one with the spinning uh, kind of X-bars. They had a giant A-frame cargo net. They had a caving ladder climb. They had the, their famous monkey bars in front of the American flag. Um, it, you know, drags. The, the one I thought I was not going to like was Red Wings, which is the – you do dips, pull-ups, and uh, burpees. What was your opinion on that one, Will? Uh, I don't think exercises are obstacles, so it shouldn't be there. Yeah. So, you know, that was my opinion going into. I was like, this is going to be stupid. I will say 
they did it pretty good though because they have you say the name of the actual uh, fallen soldiers that are related. So like each one, you say the name of a fallen soldier instead of just counting reps. So I actually forgot that I think burpees are the dumbest exercise in the world, and uh, it, it took my mind off it while I was I was doing them. So yeah, you know normal races, I don't like that. I, I think they're. I agree with Will uh, for Bone Frog. I think it it fits in well with their their brand there. They also had us go through this field and we keep coming back to the hoist, right? Where we're like zigzagging and coming back to the hoist. And I was like, what are we doing? And then someone posted a picture of the course map and we were making a giant trident on the field. So I thought that was kind of a clever um, thing to do as far as, as far as that goes. And, uh, but overall, yeah, I thought they did a great job. They definitely did not phone it in. Uh, I wish, I hope they come back. I think uh, they're a good brand. And um, honestly, I feel like they're under undervalued. I feel like a lot of people don't necessarily think them as one of the harder obstacles, but doing the Trident and having to do all those obstacles three times was, I mean, it, it was tiring. I was definitely, uh, I was definitely sore through my whole upper body by the end of it. So what, what were your thoughts, Will, on doing the triple lap there? Um, it was definitely a lot. Well, they, uh, last year was kind of different. So we did a, Oh, you did a six mile and a three mile, right? Yeah, so we did six and three together. That was one course, nine miles. Then we did a six and we did a three. So it's kind of like two courses. You did each one twice. Ah, okay. I think this just the the three mile course. It was kind of uh, the obstacles were more um, backloaded on the six mile course. So if you just did the sprint, you probably didn't quite get as much out of it the way they had set in Talladega. But overall, like the full six mile, definitely the full eighteen miles was a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. So, all right. Yeah. It was, um, anyway, if you want the longer version one, either listen to uh, obstacle running adventures with Mike Stefano, or you can go and read the review uh, that's up on OCR buddy. I've also got a bunch of articles coming out in the OCR report and they should be publishing. Mm, I don't know. Some point soon. Um, one, we've got a virtual version of OCR Everest up on the, uh, if you head to team, team strength, and go to the OCR Everest, a portion of the website. I'll drop the link down below in the show notes. And we've got some prizes that I have to give away. So I have a hundred dollar Aurora gift cards. I have a free set of UFO shoes. So I have $400 Aurora gift cards. So uh, if anyone wants to throw their name in the hat for the virtual event uh, right now, I don't think I've been, and no, no one has sent me in results since I announced the virtual version. So if you want, if you want to get a hundred dollars off Aurora heated apparel, you know, that's a pretty good way to do it. Um, and then on top of that, we'll have some squirrels, nut butter and mud gear for any, everyone who kind of participates. And we've got a bunch of extra belt buckles that we'll be sending out. So uh, price for that is $50 donation that all goes to infinite hero. And then uh, if you already donated 50 bucks, you don't need to donate again. You can just do the event, the virtual event. And then if you have not donated, you donate 50 bucks on any one of the fundraising sites. So either GoFundMe, which is again, is a ch- GoFundMe charity or through the Facebook fundraiser, and then you just send me your results by the 22nd of July, which uh, by the time this publishes, you'll only have a couple days left. So make sure you head over and do that if you want to win some prizes. Oh, and then we'll also do a kind of gold and silver belt buckles, so kind of like the same things we did for OCR Mail, so a nice you know, trophy belt buckle in addition to the participant belt buckle. Ugh. Gary, what else you got before we, we let you go? Sponsors, oh. sponsors of Le- Leaky Hourglass. I know you had a sponsor that uh, we we have in common that we both love. Oh yeah, Squirrels Nut Butter. 
So, yeah, Squirrels Nut Butter, is uh, they've been on. Um, this is their second year on, so they've been with us both years. Um, can't sing their praises enough. Like, uh, just finished up a uh, 100 over in Scotland um, a couple weekends ago. Um, Shay Free, you know, that was something I wanted to make sure and get through customs. Uh, so... Squirrels Nut Butter, and then also uh, Springfield Brewing Company. They've been on with us both years now because I've got to have a beer sponsor. Uh, Fleet Feet here in Springfield, Missouri, uh, and Orange Mud. Uh, they make hydration packs, and they're uh, really widely known for their transition towels, which are great for OCR because uh, you can – throw those around you kind of like a kilt and uh you know drop trowel and uh change clothes and it also doubles the towel itself has a little zipper on it you can throw it over top of your uh seat in your car post race and not get mud all over your interior and then uh, a couple of new sponsors oh uh tailwind nutrition i think everybody knows tailwind just kind of a um nutritional supplement to uh you know, liquid calories, really easy to digest. But uh, new sponsors we've got this year are uh, Pizza House, local uh, pizzeria here, right by my house. And uh, also Koros. Um, if you're looking for a good watch that, you know, definitely the high selling point on it. Uh, it's tracks a lot of different metrics and the battery life is just amazing like uh that hundred i just did in scotland um not my fastest hundred kind of slower i'd like to blame the fact that i was just taking in all that scottish countryside and enjoying the view but uh finished the race and i think i had 43 percent of my battery life left wow. after 103.49 miles so wow Will, any other any uh, brands you want to give a shout out to or people, et cetera? Um, yeah, um, a lot of the other local OCR brands kind of helped me get started answering my questions. So um, Julie over at um, Phoenix Race OCR, she has a lot of races out in kind of the south. Um, I went to her race in Mississippi. I think she's got one in Georgia and Tennessee. So go support them. And then Ed over at Frontline did a lot for me. He has races up in northern Illinois. Um, pretty fantastic course up there. And then um, Aaron over at Race Ready Obstacles, he actually built my course and kind of helped keep my obstacles together. Nice. Yeah, we love Aaron. And uh, I, don't, I don't know Julie, but I heard good things. And then Ed uh, from Frontline is also great. I got to experience Frontline last year for the first time and wanted to come back this year. But again, it was like the week before OCR Everest. And my, my mind was like, you know, maybe running for five hours the week before I'm going to run 24 is not the best idea. So for, this year was the best year ever. For, you should definitely need to go back. Yeah. For, for once common sense, uh, common sense took a hold and uh, I, I made the smart decision. I ended up doing a local, uh, essentially a one mile race, uh, filthy monkey. So I think we talked about that on two podcasts ago. So, all right. Uh, last, since I got both of you on, I was, considering adjusting some of the formatting for some of the strength and speed podcasts, just cause I feel like I'm running, I, I'm, I'm thinking about switching to like more of a deep dive. Um, it's kind of, again, I, I didn't give you guys preference of this ahead of time, uh, but more of like taking a topic like recovery or fueling or um, periodization or something like, and doing like a deep dive into an episode and maybe having either the same co-host or, maybe rotating co-hosts where we focus on one topic instead of 
uh, creds right now, we guys kind of jump around and uh, obviously cover a lot of race brands and do whatever, but think more of like a deep dive. What is your, anyone, either of you have an opinion on that? Do you kind of like the format we have going now? I know uh, you guys listen to fairly regularly, so um, just open it up there. I think a little bit of both would be good. The deep dives would kind of be a little more information most people get from other podcasts, something different. Yeah. Gary? Yeah, yeah, kind of the same way. Like, um, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Like, I think certain subjects and stuff would be uh, good. Like, um, like, you do get a lot of the deep dive stuff on some of the other podcasts, but, you know, those are mainly focused on, you know, those are like deep dive subjects for ultra running and not necessarily uh, obstacle course racing or uh, some of the other stuff that like we have in common. Yeah. So I think it'd be cool to switch up the uh, format occasionally, but I mean, I really like what you have, like okay. how you've been doing it as well, but there are definitely subjects that I think would be interesting to, yeah, really go down a rabbit hole on. Okay. Good, good advice. If anyone has any other thoughts, feel free to shoot me a message or post on our Facebook or Instagram page. Kind of some of your thoughts on that. I'm just kind of, you know, the, the whole one, the, one of the main reasons behind starting the podcast is one to kind of share some of the information uh, that I've accumulated from uh, a lifetime of poor decisions, but two is also like largely linked to my fundraising efforts. And I, I did my final ultra OCR fundraiser this year. I did not plan on doing another one. So I'm just kind of contemplating where I go with the podcast um, at this point. So, yeah, you know, there'll still be more episodes coming for me, but uh, just just trying to chart a new way forward and uh, think uh, a way that is most valuable to the listeners. So, yeah, feel free to comment or shoot me a private message. I will read them, the ones that come in on Strength and Speed, Instagram or Facebook or directly through the website. I'll, I'll definitely check those out. So, all right. Any final shout outs, Gary? I just recently got engaged. Boom. So, uh, shout out to my amazing fiance, Nicole. Who was on a previous episode. You can go back and listen. Is the, is the wedding going to be ultra themed? Uh, we, you know, uh, we just decided that we'd get married. We haven't really looked too much further than that. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, either way, I'm sure it'll be great. Congratulations. Will. Anything else? Uh, just support your local obstacle course races. Um, we'll probably always be here because we're typically kind of a side job. So when all the big companies make mistakes and close down, we'll still be here. So come support us. Yeah, I second that. And um, you know, anyone who listens to this podcast know I'm a fan of local brands just because it's, you know, there's there's no bureaucracy and there's no rules. So they can they can do whatever they want as far as uh, redesigning obstacles and coming up with crazy challenges like. I know, obviously not OCR, but Gary's Leaky Hourglass 100 or Leaky Hourglass, uh, obsolete, uh, Leaky Hourglass Ultra. I don't know why I keep messing that up. All right, we're gonna get going. Uh, thanks, you guys, for coming on, and we will we'll catch you later this year. Absolutely. Last little bit before I let you guys go, want to do tell you to head over and listen to Optimize Yourself podcast with Zach Arnold. Uh, it was one of the release recent podcast interviews I did. Zach does an amazing job. And I think he might be the best interviewer I've ever been interviewed by. So please head over and listen to Optimize Yourself podcast. I've been putting out podcasts a little slower than normal. So I wanted to make sure I gave his podcast a plug. And uh, his, the episode before me is Sean Corvell. So another great 
uh, resource and motivational person there, the Mirrorman MC of Tough Mudder. Optimize Yourself podcast. We ended up diving a lot deeper than I was kind of expecting. So I was expecting, you know, oh, the general questions about, you know, endurance racing and, you know, how I eat and how I fuel and how I train and stuff like that. And he's really kind of dove into like the why and, you know, you know, what am I running from or what am I running to? And I had some really good questions. So please head over. Uh, Zach Arnley's a two-time American Ninja Warrior competitor, uh, works on the TV show Cobra Kai, which is one of my favorites, one of the only TV shows I actually watch. And then uh, we actually ran on the same day for Ninja Warrior both days, and our stories are surprisingly similar. But you'll have to listen to the podcast to get the full rundown of how that went. So Optimize Yourself Podcast, I'll drop the link down below, and also double hit the uh, Sean Corbell episode. We'll catch all you later. Mm-hmm.